Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is season, season six, six of Better Let Me Tell You. If y'all have been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that I am a total comic book geek. And that encompasses all elements of it, whether it is, you know, your single issues, your trade paperbacks, graphic novels, etc. And so when I stumbled upon a little book called Isla to Island by today's guest, Alexis Castellanos, I knew I had to have her on the show to chat about this fantastic book, you know, talking about, um, you know, one girl's experience as a, as a Peter Pan. So thank you for joining us, Alexis. Thank you for having me. It's so cool to hear someone say the title of my book and the my name in like a Cuban accent. Uh, <laughs> other than my family, I think I, that's the first time I've heard it. I get a lot of Isla to Islands. Um, so that was that was a nice treat. Well then, then get ready for this. So Isla to Island uh, tells the story of Marisol. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> as she makes her way, you know, uh, again, as I mentioned, uh, as a Peter Pan flight um, from from Cuba to New York City. And I have to say, uh, you know, first uh, preface this by saying my dad uh, was one of the kids on a Peter Pan flight. So I, I can relate to this. His story was a lot different in that. Um, his dad was already here, but, you know, it, he was, his mother was in Cuba, his father was here, so he was sent on this flight, you know, by himself, and he went through all those emotions, just, you know, like, okay, well, you're leaving this country. Uh, he was 11, I think, uh, when he did so. So, definitely around the the, the age of Marisol, uh, you know, obviously he's a boy, not a girl, but he came with his two sisters, if that helps. Uh, <laughs> you know, so what inspired you to to, you know, craft this story because um i do know that you said your your parents were not peter pan they came on the freedom flights uh so yeah. what was it about this story that 
you know, the, or that angle that said, this is the perfect venue to, to communicate through my art. I have always been really interested in this part of like Cuban American history. Operation Peter Pan has always fascinated me. Um, so it, the, the whole book came to be very, very quickly. So it's difficult to pinpoint any one part thing, but it, it, it all came together because I walked into a bookstore in 2016, um, look, kind of looking for inspiration. And then looking at the shelves, there were like no Latin American books on the shelves really at that time or not a lot. Um, I think remembering the only book that was on their like bestsellers was uh, Esperanza Rising, which came out in like 2001. So I was like, well, I need to do something about this. <laughs> Um, and like the questions I quickly started asking myself is like, okay, well, I want it to be a Cuban American story because I'm Cuban American. Um, and I want it, uh, you know, it's 20 summer 2016. There's a lot happening in this country at that time in mm -hmm. regards to, um, immigration at the border in particular with children. So that was probably in the back of my mind. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, when most Americans think about Cuban history. They probably think of Bay of Pigs, Fidel Castro, Cuban Missile Crisis, right. and it ends there. If they even think about uh, that. <laughs> it, yeah, if, if even. Um, so I, I wanted to cover something that's taking place around those events. So it's um, maybe more approachable in that way. And mm -hmm. I also wanted to cover a topic that I felt was relevant to what was happening at the time and is still happening. Um but I feel like for some people, it's easier to approach these things through a historical lens right. as opposed to being faced like um, <laughs> with the issues head on, being able to to have that distance and look at how it was done in the past or how things have changed may help someone's perspective in present day. Yeah, it's more of a, a, a storytelling versus a lecture, at least perception wise. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's great. Now, one of the things that I, one of the many things I love about your book is that there is, I think, maybe what six words in the entire uh, thing, and they may not even be spoken words, or you know, yeah. it's like it is, it's it, it's a silent movie essentially uh, as a, as a graphic novel. That is so genius because I think, in particular, when you're telling a story like this that does appeal across cultures and across languages, by removing language so to speak and keeping it more to like visual cues i think it just broadens the appeal a little a little more you know anybody can can relate to it because now you know obviously marisol being from cuba she speaks spanish but by not having spanish be in it now somebody doesn't look at it and say like well i don't read spanish i don't know what she's feeling i don't know no you know just by looking at it was was that a very, exactly was, was that a conscious decision for from that angle or Oh, yeah, absolutely. From the inception, I knew this book didn't have words. Um, because I, I, especially at that time in 2016, I think a lot of people struggled and still to this day struggle with empathy. Mm -hmm. um, and having empathy for people that are different or have different experiences. So I, I decided not to have words in it, because I wanted the book to kind of serve as this empathy building exercise. And I wanted the reader to go on a parallel journey to Marisol. Marisol can't communicate with the people around her. When she's with her foster parents, they don't share a language. When she's with her own parents in Cuba, her parents are shielding her from what's happening and not communicating with her. Right. So that that's a parallel experience that the reader and Marisol get to have together, even though, you know, you can't 
read her internal thoughts and you can't understand what people are saying around her, you can share the experience with her. Right. But I think, but, but, but I'm going to actually correct you. I think you can tell her thoughts by, by your art. Um, by, by the way, you know, her, her facial expressions, her moods, her actions, it, it it goes a long way. And I think sometimes people get lost in the whole, oh, comics are for kids or, you know, it's, it's that whole thing of like show don't tell, right? If you are doing something visual, your art needs to communicate that or else I can read a book, right? Like I don't, I don't need a visual that can only be understood if somebody throws in 65 captions, that's yeah. just kind of defeats the purpose of the medium, doesn't it? Exactly. This was definitely, um, that was one of the most difficult parts of working on this book is that the panels had to do all of the heavy lifting. I couldn't rely on any kind of narration or captions to ground the reader in the scene. Um, it all had to be done visually, which was a challenge. So question, are you a fan of The Wizard of Oz? Because... I totally got the vibes where the book starts in, it, it, it does a little extra than Wizard of Oz, where it starts in color when she gets to New York, it goes to black and white, and then it does shift to color at the end. And I, I immediately, I was like, oh, this is a, you know, a, a fish out of water, Wizard of Oz, you know, um, template, or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word that, that sounds like what I'm trying to say, but it's that, you know, yeah. it's what we understand, right? It's shorthand. No, I definitely get it. I remember... Uh, checking out the Wizard of Oz from Blockbuster like six times one summer so <laughs> it's definitely in the bank in my my head but yeah I I have a degree in theater and um, yeah, you, you did uh, the, a scene uh, a theater scenery right in New York yeah I was a scenic painter there you go. Um, there's always a better York term than theater. what I'm saying there's always a better way to say it <laughs> if I if I say I was a scenic artist people will not know what that is I painted sets <laughs> That's what I did. They're like, oh, you were a set designer? And I was like, no, that involves so much math. I just painted that. <laughs> um, so I've just like always been really intrigued by visual storytelling. Um, and, you know, when you're getting your degree in theater, you cover design basics. So like line, shape, color, and, and how you use these things um, can help to tell stories. So that it's just been in my toolbox. Yeah, it's just something a little back pocket. You you pulled out here and created this yeah. beautiful work of art in its own right. <laughs> it, were you a fan of comics growing up? Is that something that, or or did, did is this a situation where you had the story in your mind and this just kind of became the medium to tell it? I was a huge fan of manga growing up. I read so much manga, like shoujo manga. Uh, I watched a lot of anime. I remember I would draw comics um, for my friends, little short comics. Uh, all throughout middle school and then when high school hit I got really into theater and that kind of diverted almost all of my attention okay I still read a lot of books but I I stopped reading comics as much once I like went to high school and college and then only in the past few years where I was like got this idea and I was like I think this idea is a graphic novel it's a comic book I was like I should get back into graphic (laughs) novels (laughs) but it was something love like I wanted to draw comics like that was my dream when I was in middle school and then I I found a new dream I was like actually no I love theater and then you know I did that for a few years and I was like actually no I want to be an author so here's to having lots of dreams yeah no I can relate that for up until about maybe freshman year of high school I was convinced that I was going to draw comic books for a living that's what I was going to do so yeah I can relate and I also did theater in high school so 
we're, yeah. we're, 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 you know, both Cuban American theater, comic books. I think we're a little kindred spirit. Uh, yeah, definitely. Situation here. So you grew up in Florida. Um, where specifically? Mm-hmm. What area? Was it down here, down south? Uh, yeah. South Florida, Miami? I, I lived in Miami until I was 11. Okay. And then we moved up to central Florida. And I was like in the Orlando area until... I graduated from high school. I went to Tallahassee for a year, hated Tallahassee, ended back up in Orlando, and I went to UCF. Oh, so okay. I've kind of been around the world in Florida. You did the Florida tour. I did. Did not go to the panhandle. Stayed away. Have <laughs> to name drag. There's no need for the panhandle, to be honest with you. No. There's no need, <laughs> as, as anybody who's from Florida will tell you. I wanted to, to read... Obviously, it's not a passage from the book per se, because as we just said, there's no words in the book. But I wanted to read uh, a part of your author's note, which I keep going over and over and, and I think has really resonated with me. You say, I wasn't raised on stories of mythical creatures or princesses and towers. I was raised on the stories of my family, their lives in Cuba, and later the lives they made for themselves in the United States. When I read that sentence, I thought to myself... That is so universal for us as Cuban Americans that I, I I want to think it's universal for everybody, but I do know what it is for us to grow up always hearing about you know como era en Cuba you know like esto era mejor en Cuba o yo en Cuba era or and and not just with our own families right it just seems like that's the world that kind of circled around us that you know it was this always constant reminder of like we had to leave our galaxy and come here where everything is so different it's like well you breathe oxygen it can't be that different but there's <laughs> but you know was that your i mean obviously that was your experience as well you know how yeah. how do you feel like that has shaped you as a creative because you know i, I mean I, I could point to to the to the book obviously and say well here's the example but this book i feel like maybe this book is just the current iteration of that of that storytelling of that historical narrative that lives inside all of us yeah i mean i i'm so inspired by my family at every turn um not only for a, you know the sacrifices and journeys they made so that i could be where i am today but because they're wild <laughs> <laughs> we are they good storytellers are. we are we are as a culture we're great storytellers the stories I've heard are just absolutely wild what my family was up to. Um, so, yeah, I mean. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Every, every... Every little bit that they shared with me is is sprinkled throughout my works. Like so much of Isla de Island is uh, pulled from stories that my mom told me or that my grandparents told me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though like my future books aren't so closely tied to my personal family history, um, the fact that I hold that so dear, I think is in my work. And also it makes me like a really nostalgic person. Like I'm a sucker for nostalgia. <laughs> I think that's what it made me as an adult become as someone who just like loves nostalgia because I just loved hearing those stories growing up. But yeah, those stories become just part of you, right? It's, it's, they're not yeah. just like, Oh yeah. I heard that story. Oh, right. sometimes you almost feel like you were there in a, in a weird way because you've heard it so many times, but you've also heard it from several different people. So you've had the benefit of hearing almost like the same story with little tweaks, which lets you be like, Hmm, maybe that's not exactly how it happened when I hear it from Abuela because I've heard it from her brother and it sounds slightly different. So it yeah. it, it makes it a little bit more interesting, you know, and, and considering we can't exactly go back there and find out, you know, firsthand. Uh, it just it, it gives it a little bit more of a of a 360 appeal to it. And I do feel like it's something very specific to Miami Cubans in particular, because there's something about Miami Cubans that will not let go of Cuba and like yeah. the dream and the hope because I have family that stayed in Queens. Like my family initially came to Queens and then went down to Miami. Um, but the family that stayed in Queens, like they're Cuban, everything's Cuban, but that, that sense of like, we're going to go back or there's that, that hope to go back or, the or we need to, the, the longing isn't there as much. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting when I moved up to New York and I spent more time with that family that that wasn't there. And with my family, that was like this ever present thing, this like this longing that did not go away. Or is it Molina's where they have like all those posters of like Cuba, like today, if Castro didn't happen, it's just like this dream, this fantasy that mm-hmm. exists in Miami that is so specific uh, to that location in particular, because I've gone elsewhere and Cubans aren't like that there. Yeah, it's it, it's a very interesting dichotomy because as much as Cubans who are, who are here for, you know, and I can't speak for all of them, obviously, but for the most part, are very, you know, glad to be here and very grateful opportunities and, you know, because they will tell you themselves. I'm not speaking for yeah. them. They will be the first ones to say, you know, I this country has given me everything, etc. It's weird that they do still hold on to that. But what if? But what if? And, and maybe there is a little bit more universality to that in terms of, you know, first generation wave immigrations you know immigrants that arrived but we're talking now 60 some odd years down the line right and it's still there but it's so true what you say because i've met cubans all over the country and you know there are pockets here and there but i feel like west coast cubans are different than east coast cubans when i say east coast cubans i'm talking like jersey new york than miami cubans and i don't know if it's just because miami became that that cuba the sequel hub um, but it seems like, yeah, even here, two, three generations in, 
there's people now who've never been to Cuba, who've never lived there, who don't know that experience firsthand and are longing for a country that just doesn't exist. Yeah, that doesn't exist. It makes me so sad to think about it and to think about my abuelos that like they they gave that to me. They gave me this fantasy of a of a of a country that I will never get to see, a country that's like frozen in time. Yeah. Um so yeah. yeah Have you ever been? There's a longing. I've never been. I uh, I was planning to go with my mom since my mom's was born there. She has to go through that whole Sorry. like the all the hoops and then the password expired yeah, and yeah. there was a fee yeah, the, and then the pandemic anger. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the pandemic happened and we just keep pushing it back. She wants to go back to do a kind of like ceremony for her mom, uh, mm -hmm. to put her to rest there. Um, so it's like it's on the calendar, but my mom's never gone back. Um my, my stepdad did go back for dental surgery. Oh that's an interesting that. reason to go back. <laughs> Yeah, it was just after Obama had like loosened a lot of the restrictions and he's afraid of the dentist. So he went after years and they're like, your mouth is rotten. It's going to cost you thousands of dollars. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to go visit my cousin in Cuba. <laughs> and But he had to do it over three trips. So he would come home and he'd be missing all of his teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's not good. <laughs> and then you have to go back to get the the implants or whatever. So he was he was going back and forth. He went to where the old family farm used to be that mm -hmm. my family still has the deed for. Are you, you serious? know waiting for the day? Yes. Oh wow. My grandfather held on to the original deed for La Finca, um, but it's all gone now. Like the whole, it's just land. They knocked down the house. Mm -hmm. But I remember my mom used to tell me that on that property she would go like playing around. And there were caves and there were cave paintings on the property. Uh, so, I I mean, I would wow. have to, like, jump a fence to go find that. But there, there's so much I want to see. No, I can imagine. What part uh, of the island are they from? Havana. La, La Habana. Okay. Yeah, just because yeah. you mentioned the finca. So, I, just, I was thinking they might be off. Yeah. No, it was it was the the weekend finca, I guess. Oh, okay. They had a, I know they had a house in Havana, and then they had where they just rode horses or something. Yeah, as as one did back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you mentioned you know you you did it in passing, and you probably thought I wasn't going to notice, but I did. You mentioned future books. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I'd be remiss if I didn't pick up on that and ask, you know, what, what's next? What's on, on the agenda? Because as, as much as I love Ilata Island and it will probably become very, very worn as I look it over many times. Now I'm spoiled. I want more from you. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know if I have another graphic novel in me. It was so hard. <laughs> I, I still I'm still recovering. I finished drawing it August 2021. Um, and I, I feel like I'm just finally coming out of the fog of working on this book. So maybe, maybe one day another graphic novel, but until then I'm going to stick to prose. Like the next book is going to be all words, no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other side of the pendulum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing's announced yet, but I do have, uh, I have some fun stuff I'm working on. Nothing, um, uh, Definitely stuff that's more lighthearted. Uh, after working on Isla, it was at time, I don't want to say traumatic, but very emotionally draining. Because mm -hmm. I remember I would work on this book and then I'd call my mom and, you know, I'd ask right. her some questions and I talked to her about some stuff. And then she would just 
unload a story I mean that I'd never heard before uh that would be you know inevitably like heartbreaking mm-hmm. um because I guess now that I'm older you know growing up I got all the fun stories right right the, the PG version yeah the funny ones even if they were sad like when they they moved to Queens there was no heat in the apartment and they didn't it was the middle of winter and they didn't have winter clothes so they went to the Salvation Army and my grandfather got a coat and when they're having guests over he said don't take off your coats we don't have heat but look I have this coat mine has blood on it and there's like blood stains in his Salvation Army oh, coat jeez <laughs> so not you know not a lighthearted story but still like well, you know funny that, my, that my was a coat that came from the Hudson River uh yeah <laughs> But I got to hear, you know, the stuff that that doesn't have a funny punchline um, at the end. So physically, the book was draining. Emotionally, the book was draining. Uh, so I'm glad that like almost every reader that comes up to me tells me they cried. <laughs> like you better cry. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve those tears. I, I, I want that to be the pull quote on the jacket, by the way, of the of the book. It's like you know, Alexis Castellano says, "You better cry when you read this you book." Cry. <laughs> I had to do this like. Uh, kind of like a speed dating thing with booksellers uh and like one author had a powerpoint presentation and i was like i don't have a powerpoint presentation and i sat there and i was like you know i got four star reviews and everyone that's read it told me they cried so if you want to (laughs) cry i left that i was like is that really the elevator pitch for my book uh, operation peter pan and crying hey whatever gets the book sold the okay and and ca- yeah never underestimate the power of catharsis <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah no I, again i i discovered your book um because it was on uh news rama's uh top 10 for 2022 oh yeah and i've i've seen your book on several you know must reads and and you've made a lot of lists and so yeah. very well deserved very well deserved you. and you know listeners if you have a chance, you know, if you're perusing, if you're looking for something that is is all ages in the best way possible, because I think a lot of times you hear all ages and people think it's for children, but this really means all ages. Like this is something that everyone can appreciate. Please, 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 I, I can't stress enough. Isla to Island, you know, it's 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 a quick read, but it's a powerful read. Um and I you know, Alexis Thank you again so much for not just being on the show, but for for creating this beautiful, beautiful book. And I can't wait to see what the next one is. You know, now I'll, I'll get to read as opposed to as opposed yeah. to you know, look at drawings. And and you'll come back on to talk about that one, and then you'll talk about the next one where you'll finally marry the two. I yeah, feel this exactly. is going to be your trilogy, right? Like the first one was just all pictures. The second one's going to be all words. The third one's going to be both. Oh yeah, I, I'm planning. <laughs> That's the trajectory I'm looking for. <laughs> I think it's fantastic and and you know best of luck with just all of your future future projects cuz you're definitely a hell of a talented lady. Thank you so much and thank you so much for having me. This was a a great chat. Pero let me tell you is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, Better Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.